Welcome to the Financial Advisor Success Podcast, where you go behind the scenes with financial planner, speaker, and consultant Michael Kitsis to hear stories of how leading financial advisors navigated the inevitable challenges that arise on the path to success and get insight from leading industry consultants about how to break through to the next level in your advisory business. And now here's your host, Michael Kitsis. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the 348th episode of the Financial Advisor Success Podcast. My guest on today's podcast is Jeff Jones. Jeff is the owner and founder of Cypress Financial Planning, an independent RIA based in Haddon Heights, New Jersey, that oversees $275 million in assets under management for about 380 client households. What's unique about Jeff, though, is how he built his own financial planning spreadsheets in Excel and has developed coding and integrations that automatically populate into PowerPoint presentations that he then shows to clients to help build a story for their financial plans and give them motivation they need to achieve their financial goals, while also still being able to know and audit where every single number in the projection came from. In this episode, we talk in depth about how Jeff leveraged his early years as an engineer for Lockheed Martin to develop the macros and visual basic code for his Excel spreadsheets to create more customizable and in-depth financial plans than he could with the traditional off-the-shelf planning software. Why Jeff felt compelled to build his own spreadsheets because he felt that would give him more confidence to be able to answer client questions about all the underlying assumptions and the details being presented because he deeply understood the inner workings and the limitations of the planning spreadsheets that he built. And how Jeff has spent time over the years iterating on his spreadsheets so that as he expanded his base of advisors, they too could easily add data and get the information they needed for themselves for their clients, which worked so well that his business partner, Ben, branched off and teamed up with Tiffin to start a fintech company that would further build out Jeff's planning spreadsheets into an actual standalone piece of software that they now sell to other planning firms. We also talk about how, despite building the planning spreadsheets, that Jeff was not as interested as his partner to starting up a fintech company and instead gave Ben permission to develop the spreadsheets in the standalone software with an agreement that Jeff would receive an equity share and be able to use and develop his own master copy of the spreadsheet for his own firm. How even though Jeff is only 39 years old, he's already begun sharing equity of his advisory firm with his advisors with the intention that he can possibly move on to other endeavors in the next 10 to 15 years while his G2 advisors continue the firm's legacy. And how Jeff worked with FP Transitions to value his firm and help build equity agreements where partners can buy in with a modest down payment and pay back a seller finance note that accumulates equity through multiple tranches over time. And be certain to listen to the end, where Jeff shares how he chose his equity agreement with his advisors because even though they would essentially be paying him back with the profits of the firm he owned in the first place, such that he'd be sacrificing his own profits and shares, he felt that this was the best way to help incentivize his partners to stay and give them better opportunities to become successful and grow the firm further. How Jeff found his first advisor mentor while he was still working for Lockheed Martin by cold calling advisors in his area and simply offering his time to help in any capacity he could and asking them if they could pick their brains about the industry so that he could start his own planning career. And how even though he has some time before he retires, Jeff is already making plans to work more in pro bono financial planning space once he has the time and energy and his own financial freedom to be able to give back and create a greater impact in the lives of others with his passion that financial planning should be accessible to all, no matter how much money a client has to invest. And so with that introduction, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Financial Advisor Success Podcast with Jeff Jones. Welcome, Jeff Jones, to the Financial Advisor Success Podcast. 
Hey, Michael, it's great to be here. I was just thinking we're getting to the point now where you've been doing this for 348 times. You've been doing it for that long. I guess you have to scrape the bottom of the barrel to find some guests. So no, <laughs> here I am. No, there's so many wonderful advisors with great stories out there. I'm like somewhere around episode five or 600, I may get a little nervous because there's yeah, finding people. But I know I'm I'm I I'm really excited to have you on. And, and I, I think like get to... I don't know, get to talk and nerd out a little bit about uh, something like fi- financial planning software to to a good extent. Uh, you know, we we just put out our latest advisor tech study on like what what all the different software that advisors like and 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 don't like, and like which vendors they like the most. And and one of the themes that we found, particularly when we dug into the financial planning software domains, I feel like there's been this um, sort of mantra over the past several years of planning software is really time consuming and hard to use. We need to make it simpler and easier. Planning software is hard to use. We need to make it simpler and easier. And like a lot of the planning tools have been making these iterations of trying to trying to go simpler and easier. But when we actually ran the analysis and we looked like what are advisors expressing the most satisfaction with and what, what like which factors do they weight with the most importance? What we found is like the number one factor driving satisfaction with planning software is not how simple it is. It's how deep and comprehensive it is. It's the, like the depth mm-hmm. and the comprehensiveness and the technical accuracy that drove it. Obviously, at sure. some point, you like don't want it to be brutally hard to use, but like it's much more about the depth than making it simpler. And and I know for mm-hmm. some advisors, like all the planning softwares in their depth still ain't ain't deep enough. Uh, I find especially some of us that come from a little bit more of a math and technical and engineering background, like I'm I'm not I'm not satisfied with the depth of the planning software. I got to go deeper and 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 make my own. And I know just you have you have lived that journey came to the advisor world from the engineering world, have, I'm sure, like a certain view around how these analyses should be done, ultimately built your own planning software that I know kind of took on a life of its own, which we'll, which we'll get to talk about. But I think mm-hmm. for, for all the advisors out there who maybe are still a little bit frustrated that you know the planning software doesn't quite do what they want it to do the way they want to do it and start having this inkling, like, should I just start building some of my own tools? I think I'm just, I'm excited to have the conversation with someone who actually went that route built their own tools and what it's been like when you get to do financial planning like your way with your software. Well, I'm excited to share the story, Michael. So so as we queue up into this, um, I want to start by just understanding a little bit about the advisory firm itself, just so we have some context sure. of kind of the business and where it is today, and then understand this like evolution of building some of your own planning tools. So help us understand first the advisory business just as it exists today. Sure thing. Well, the name is Cypress Financial Planning. Uh, We're based in Haddon Heights, New Jersey, which is right outside of Philadelphia. And we have uh, another office where my partner, Evan, uh, works out of and our client service associate, Chelsea, uh, down in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, And I'm happy to get into the background of how our firm uh, got to that point of having these two locations. But um, as of today, we have four certified financial planners, including myself. um, And uh, uh, a, a part-time uh, chief marketing officer, uh, Ben, and then the client service associate, Chelsea. So six of us total. Uh, we're fee-only uh, 
do do financial planning and investment management. Um, just hit our 14-year anniversary. I founded the firm uh, on my own in 2009, and then gradually added uh, team members uh, between now and then. And um, at this point, we manage 275 million dollars uh, of AUM, and uh, we have about 380 clients. Very cool. Very cool. So that's that's quite a a growth journey unto itself. And I'm just sort of reflecting back on timing. So 14 year anniversary started in 2009. Like that's a a heck of a time to start an advisory firm (laughs) coming (laughs) off a like wee bit of a financial crisis. So was that like a a deliberate momentum to like, I want to start something coming off this crisis? Or was that a forced life career change because a lot of people were getting laid off and had to go start their own thing in the in the midst of the financial crisis. Yeah, it was it was a blessing and a curse. Uh, I mean, in hindsight, uh, it, it was a fantastic time uh, to start in terms of, you know, the, the growth in the markets and how strong the economy was for the decade that came. Um, but no, le- leading up to uh, me founding Cyprus, uh, I had actually been working at uh, Goldman Sachs and their private wealth management division in, in Philadelphia. Uh, I was on a uh, in a two-year program as what's called a financial analyst, which is kind of effectively a para planner for um, a wealth management team. And uh, and I was there right from 2007 until uh, until the summer of 2009. So right in the heart of, uh, you know, all the meltdowns of, of 08. And to back up a little bit, I had you know, aspirations to found my own firm prior to, to joining Goldman. That was a that was a stepping stone for me, and I knew that that um, analyst program was two years. So, yeah, just kind of the way things uh, lined up. I, I, I stuck to my guns and 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 left Goldman uh, right then. Uh, you know, with the markets uh, you know starting to show signs of bottoming in the summer of two thousand nine, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. Interesting. So was. Was that your your entree into the industry overall, like in, into that Goldman Sachs financial analyst program? It was, it was. So you know, my my personal background, um, similar to many others, I find in in our field, um, is from a very technical educational background. Um, so my my undergrad was in mechanical engineering. Um, I have a master's degree in something called operations research and financial engineering. So um, so pretty technical. And my first job out of college um, was not in finance at all. It was with Lockheed Martin. Um, in a, in a leadership development program, didn't feel as though I was ready to um, commit to a path of uh, working my way up uh, corporate America. Um, I had aspirations to uh, potentially be an entrepreneur. I mean, obviously that was my first job out of out of college, so I was very young at the time. So you know, I, I was I was in this leadership development program, Michael, and uh, and the intention was. Absolutely, that to to mold you know recent college graduates into um, you know future directors, vice presidents, you know so uh, across the across the organization, and in that role, uh, I got exposure to a lot of different high level employees in in the organization. I heard their stories, I heard them speak, I I, I saw what their skill sets were, and uh, frankly, I just didn't feel as though. I was going to be able to a enjoy it, but b really differentiate myself and and, and my skill sets. Um, you know, even my my direct boss, uh, a gentleman named Mike Cerrone, um, you know, have a, a ton of respect for him and his skills. You know, he had great people skills, great leadership skills, knew how to you know manage upwards, manage downwards, be a manager, be a leader, 
and I was beginning to learn more about my own strengths and, and weaknesses. And, you know, I could fake the funk or I could learn those things, but that just wasn't something that I naturally excelled at, you know, being, being a leader or a, or a manager um, or, you know, just kind of in a, in a big, uh, you know, business, uh, a, a large corporation like that. And so, you know, thought a little more deeply about, you know, what, what are some of my God-given talents? What are things that I really excel at? And, and candidly, um, you know, math is, is at the top of that list. You know, that's something that, you know, I was just kind of born with very strong math skills. You know, I, I, I took the SAT a bunch of times uh, in high school and, and candidly, I got an 800 on the math section every time. I just took it multiple times to try to boost up the verbal. So, you know, that's not to, to, yep. to brag. You know, it's just something that's kind of always come very natural to me. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm so young in the working world. What am I going to do that, you know, I can really excel at and, and, and use those talents. And so, you know, again, pivoting away from corporate America, more toward entrepreneurialism because I felt like I was young and that was always an interest of mine. And if I failed, I could always go back and, and get a job somewhere else. And so kind of combining, uh, you know, entrepreneurialism and kind of technical strengths and as well, I was also, you know, enrolling in the 401k at Lockheed Martin, learning more about, you know, watching my own portfolio go up and down, setting up my own budget as a recent college grad. And all those things were extremely interesting to me. I was gobbling up books, learning more on my own, and um, all signs were pointing toward, um, yeah, trying to go down this path as a financial planner, which so, uh, ultimately did lead me to Goldman Sachs. Yeah. It was say, so, so how did you, like, find the, I guess, even just find the industry? I mean, I... A lot of folks who come through the engineer, I mean, there is a lot of crossover of people who come from an engineering background, but have a strong and have a strong math interest and sort of cross apply it as were to the, uh, to the, to the financial planning realm. But at the same time, a lot of people just, if you come up through engineering channels, like you don't know financial advisor exists as a career, like that's just not in your lexicon and career familiarity you tend to learn all the things that are available in engineering jobs and and career tracks so how how did you get to financial advisor realm in the first place that's a great question so I at least had one thing going for me. When I was growing up, my best friend's father was a stockbroker with Leg Mason, so I at minimum knew that the job existed. Uh, you know, as a as a child, it wasn't something that I was you know considering um, you know personally, but I, I I did at least know that the job existed, so I had that going for me. Okay. Uh, at and so when I was at Lockheed, um, yeah, I basically stepped outside my comfort zone and you know got on the internet and and tried to you know Google. I think there was the Garrett Planning Network. I think there was a few other, you know, searches if it was NAPFA uh, to, to see or just Googled, you know, what were some advisors in, in, in my area and uh, just cold, cold called them, cold emailed them. Uh, and it's funny, you know, I, I actually. What, what did you reach out to them about? Like, what were you asking them? Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, it was it was it was a bit of an ask, and I'm sure it, maybe in hindsight I probably reached out to more than three, but I do vividly remember that I ended up meeting in person with three separate advisors, and I had three uh, totally different uh, experiences. And so yeah, I, I just asked them. I said, "Hey, you know, I'm a 22 year old kid I'm thinking about making a career change. You know, a and just saw you know what what could stick. I mean, obviously I wanted to pick their brains as much as I could, but you know if they needed extra you know help as maybe possible in." turn uh, off hours uh, or if it 
could could turn into a role where I could you know quit Lockheed and, and join with them directly, or if I could just pick their brain and ex- establish some type of mentorship relationship. You know, that was how I kind of teed it up. Yeah, it's funny. I had the the very first meeting. Um, in hindsight, I feel like the gentleman was, um, you know, at, at the time I felt like he was, he was cold and, and very put offish and I was offended, but now, um, I just, you know, have a little more understanding and appreciation for his perspective, but I met with him and, you know, he chatted with me for 15 or 20 minutes, a little bit about his story. And then I tried to, um, you know, see, see what else could be developed with him. And he was like, Jeff, you know, you're, you're making it sound as though, um, you know, you could be an intern for me and you could help me out a whole lot, but you know, my time is, is, uh, valuable as well. And, and taking on an intern isn't just, you know, um, a, a pure, a pure immediate benefit for me. I've, I've got to figure out, you know, and this was the line that I remembered, uh, I've got to figure out, you know, do I want to take on this client? Or do I not, do I want to work with Jeff or do I not, or do I want to just go home and wash my car or, or, or not. Um, and, uh, and so the, yeah, that was my first, uh, you know, that was, that was my first meeting with a financial advisor, um, so which, you know, was very was clear okay. on the autonomy benefits of running your own business. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Yep. Got that message. Um, yeah, the second, the second meeting I had, um, was with, um, yeah, more of like an on what I understand now as um, a, a hybrid, you know, fee based uh, ensemble firm, um, and uh, I was able to reach out to them because uh, their their junior partner uh, went to Duke and I went to Duke, so I was able to make that connection, and they were pretty warm to to meet with me, and so um, you know, so that was you know, I, I I was able to pick their brain for a while. They they showed me around. They answered all of my questions. Um, you know, they didn't have an immediate need for me to work with them directly. Um, but I did have a good relationship with them and they, and they did start to keep in touch. Um, and then it, but it was really the third, uh, the third meeting that, that, uh, that sealed the deal and, uh, gave me hope for, you know, humanity and hope for the, for the field, uh, a gentleman by the name of Don Webb. And I do have to call him out by name because he's a wonderful person. And, uh, I attribute him a lot to my early success. He, you know, again, I called emailed him. I had no Duke connection and no connection to him at all. I emailed him on a Friday afternoon, uh, you know, with the same thing I just told you I, I, I had outreached about. And he responded back within 40 minutes. And uh, it was just such a warm, a warm email. Oh, Jeff, it's it's great to meet you. You sound like, you know, a go-getter. Uh, you know, how about, how about we go out to the Union League uh, tonight and I'll buy you a drink and I'll answer all your questions. And, you know, I, whatever I had going on that night, I, I dropped it all <laughs> and, uh, you know, went out and met with him and, and we became fast friends and, he absolutely was the reason that I went to work for Goldman because, you know, he encouraged me not to just, you know, quit Lockheed and, and hang up my own shingle. Uh, you know, so he he absolutely became my true mentor, my cheerleader. I'll probably mention him more times in this conversation, but so thankful that uh, he was he was brought into my life. Had you know, I had nothing really to 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 give him. He, he you know, I offered to be an intern. I offered to do work, and you know, he was he was doing things on his own, which was which was fine. But um, you know, just more to the to his. Uh, personality and graciousness that he would, uh, you know, invest so much of his time into me uh, at, at an early age. And uh, so that's been a great relationship Very for these. Cool. Uh, I mean, that's not just 14 years that I've had Cypress. That was, you know, three years, you know, three or four years prior to that as well that I've known him. So out of curiosity, do you remember what the, like what the ask was, what the outreach was? Just because I, I know there are some mm-hmm. 
some young folks still trying to get in the business today sure. who struggle with the like what's the what's the outreach sure. or the words that like get someone to take these take these calls take these meetings that you ultimately got with Don like how are you setting up and doing the outreach yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I wish I, I wish I had the the email in front of me back from two thousand six or yeah. whatever. But yeah, I mean, just knowing myself, um, it was really just to be as candid and go getter, and you know, willing to um, go go at their own terms. You know, if, if you're only willing to talk to me for fifteen minutes, I'll take that. If if you have some, you know, some need where I can, you know, do some research for you on a project, I'll do that. Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, I said, look, you know, this, I work at Lockheed, my hours are seven to, to four. Um, you know, I can come, you know, at any other time and work for you. Um, but more so than that, I, I, I think, uh, you know, and even, even sitting where I sit now, um, more on the flip side of that, because I do have people, you know, either reaching out to me for internships or reaching out to me for mentorship. Um, yeah, you know, I'm less looking for, and an intern and somebody to do work for me and more just happy to yeah spend an, an hour or two at any shot or have have an ongoing um you know relationship with with a younger person you know you you just ask you say hey you know i'm i'm really interested in the in the field um you know you show a lot of enthusiasm um you know maybe you do some homework you know i mean if 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 somebody went on my website and and saw you know my bio and then you know i could tell that they weren't just you know, sending the same canned email to, to some distro list that they found. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely respond to that. And, you know, I've heard it many times in your podcast, this abundance mentality, you know, and that's absolutely true. You know, we don't view ourselves all as competitors and everything as a threat. If somebody reached out to me, and, and I'm not saying this hypothetically, they, it happens, um, you know, with regularity. And even when it doesn't happen, I, I you know, have, have uh, sought out opportunities to, to mentor people. Um, yeah, people, you know, advisors are, are more than willing to pay it forward and add some young blood, um, whether if it has nothing to do, you know, nothing to benefit them. So, so how did you find like Goldman Sachs financial advisor program in particular? I mean, it sounds like Don, I don't know if Don sent you to Goldman specifically or was just giving you overall guidance of like, don't, don't hang your shingle as a 22 year old on your own, which I would fully agree with Don on, on that advice. Like, don't. <laughs> Don't hang your shingle sure. from scratch in your early twenties. Like, just go get some experience, get more familiarity under under mm -hmm. your belt. It'll just make it easier to launch later. Uh, mm -hmm. But like, was was Don steering you to Goldman in particular, or just said like Jeff, find a job first, and then you found your way to Goldman? Like, how did this come about? Yeah, it certainly wasn't Goldman as the only firm. Um, you know, I think he just said. Uh, more of, you know, a, a larger, more established firm where I wouldn't just, you know, be handed a, a phone book and be responsible for, you know, being, you know, commission based or, or something where, you know, an, an eat what you kill model somewhere where I can, I can do a job, you know, perhaps in a support or research role and, and gain some experience, get a little older, get a little more confident mm. and understand the industry. Okay. Um, and so, so, so it's more uh, of a like eat, find a, Find a big firm that can give you a job job that's not an eat what you kill. Correct, kind of correct. And and even and even looking back, um, Goldman in particular, I mean their their main emphasis was on investment management. Um, you know, less so on financial planning. Certainly, the type of financial planning that I do at Cypress is more to help people accomplish their you know medium and long term goals. Whereas at Goldman, um, you know, the level of wealth there, all of anybody's yeah. meaning and long term goals are all are all more than satisfied many yeah. times over. It, um, so, uh, so, so the financial planning and 
you know, I, I could kind of sow my oats, you know, with, with the CFP coursework, with, um, you know, kind of gain, ultimately gaining clients at Cyprus and, and, and learning by, by doing, but, um, but where I think that Goldman in particular was, was very strong and, and I lean on heavily was the investment management element, you know, understanding how their investment strategy group up in New York came up with with models or tactical tilts or, you know, how they come up with a strategic asset allocation. And then within that, you know, each advisor can kind of choose, you know, which which active fund manager or how much in, in private equity or which fund they like. So how to analyze performance, how to understand, you know, what's going on in the markets and also what, you know, even the smartest people in the room can't do, um, uh, which was very apparent in, in 2007 to, to 2009. Um, you know, you certainly uh, come, come into that, you uh, role at Goldman thinking that if there was anybody that was getting, um, you know, uh, some, some kind of, you know, advice that, um, maybe had, I don't want to use the term insider information, but something with a little closer pulse on, you know, what the, what the future would hold in the markets, it would be, it would be a shop like Goldman. And, um, you know, largely, you know, the financial crisis came and went and, and clients, you know, took it on the chin as, as well. And, and we were doing, you know, a lot of the same uh, types of conversations that I would have, you know, now with clients, you know, during the pandemic or during, you know, 2022 as the markets were falling. Um, so yeah, Goldman was a, a fantastic place to, to learn investment management. And the financial crisis was <laughs> a, a trial by fire to uh, un- understand, yeah, the psychology of clients, you know, the, you know, the pain that, you know, the physical pain that you feel when you, when you lose that much that quickly and the, and the fear uh, to, you know, what it's going to take to earn it back. So did you go in knowing and expecting that, um, like I'm going to do my two year stint here through the analyst program and then I'm going and hanging my own shingle or was it more open ended of just, I'm going to do this. And then when I get to the end, I'm going to decide like, do I like large firm environment or do I want to go out on my own? Like how, how conscious was mm-hmm. it of what was coming at the end? Yep. I'd say I was probably around 95% certain the day that I took that job that I was going to stay there for two years and I was going to start my own uh, firm. Um, I think, okay. you know, I, I really had that entrepreneurial fire. Don had instilled in me, uh, you know, the wisdom uh, or his philosophy of passive management and index funds. Um, and so I kind of came with, you know, a, a bias against, um, you know, an active uh, shop, which Goldman was. And, um, and then, as my time went on at Goldman, again, part part of realizing, you know, what what you're good at and what you're um, not, you know, not good at or don't care to do, and and the role as an advisor at at, at Goldman in that private wealth management division was very sales oriented. Um, you know, you're spending a, a large portion of your day networking, you know, developing relationships with uh, trust and estate attorneys, accountants, um, you know, watching to see which, you know, who who is is building a a, a strong business that might have a liquidity event in the next few years and knowing that you as well as every other um, you know major investment management shop in Philadelphia right. is also sending you know advisors to to court that same potential client so um, you know you 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 have to really either you know have have the right connections be you know a fantastic um, you know uh, Kind of you know c- communicator salesperson uh, it wasn't a path that that interested me that much frankly I mean you know, I'll be vulnerable and say that it wasn't something that, you know, I, I thought that I would be, you know, fantastic about. Sure, I could make it work, but similar to that that Lockheed Martin thing, it would be more of a of a square peg to just be in in a role that that involved so much around, you know, competitive uh, potential clients and, and uh, you know, really having to, um, 
you know, sell and, and, and network and, and solicit as much. And again, um, just being in the driver's seat for the types of clients I wanted to take on, not having, you know, a large corporation tell me, you know, you've got to make this many calls or you have to have this many clients. Or um, if you, right. if you're happy with this many clients, you know, the, the shareholders aren't, or, you know, our, our managing director of our office isn't, you know, you still need uh-huh. to, to, you know, bring on another few, few clients this quarter or this year. Um, even, even if, you know, my personal, you know, needs were, were, were being met or I was kind of sufficient, you know, happy with where I was. So, um, so yeah, so, Long answer to your question, I was 95% sure that I wasn't going to stay at Goldman. And um, and that was largely accepted in a role like that. You know, it was a two-year analyst program. I was odd in that I had already worked at another role out of, you know, after college. Most of my co- cohorts in that analyst program had just came right out of college. And it was very common to have that be somewhat of a revolving door. You know, some of my cohorts yeah. went back to business school. Um, some of them went to the, you know, a different division within Goldman, investment banking or trading. Uh, you know, a few certainly stayed on, uh, you know, in, in Philadelphia to, to go into an associate program. That's where I met Ben, um, Ben Pitts, uh, and, uh, and then, um, but, but it was, it was, it was largely, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't frowned upon to, to use that as a stepping stone. Um, and I think they knew they needed a high caliber, a person to, to, um, to, to be in that financial analyst role. And, um, they knew that somebody with, with the chops to, to do that role well also wouldn't really want to do that role forever. So, so what was the path to then launching your own business? Yep. So there, there were there was a lot uh, leading up to that. So that was 2009, and uh, I mean there were so many different things I had to focus on at that point. Uh, you know, X, XYPN uh, wasn't wasn't on my radar. I'm not sure if it had even launched back then. Um, but you know that no, would have definitely yet. been something. Yeah, something that I would have gravitated toward. I mean, it just felt like you know somewhat of a deer in headlights of you know having you know I just had a checklist of all the different things I had to do. I had to register with the state of New Jersey. I had to you know, come up with, uh, you know, what, 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 uh, custodian, um, you know, would, would take me on and, uh, you know, come up with a business plan, come up with, uh, you know, make sure my, my personal financial house was, was in order that I had the run room to, to start the firm. And then who would be my clients? What would I, what would I do every day? And then, you know, what again was, was most interesting to me about that entire, uh, launching of a firm and what I, you know, spent the most time at because, uh, it was the most interesting to me was, um, building out my own financial planning software. That was something that, um, you know, I, I was, I was passionate about, uh, I, I knew that was going to be, um, you know, some, something that would, would keep me very in, engaged in, in this role to, um, you know, to, to have that, that I created on my own. I'm kind of naturally a do it yourself or any way I'm, I'm pretty cheap as well so I didn't want to have a lot of startup costs and uh, and I certainly did not um, and so yeah just a lot a lot of different things I needed to check off of my checklist uh, in order to launch Cypress in the summer of 2009 so so I want to come back to the, the playing software in just a moment mm-hmm. here uh, sure. but help us understand like what was the what was the business plan and structure at launch I mean were you were you BD? Were you RIA? Were you charging planning fees? Were you doing AUM? Like, what was what what was the initial business like structure and and uh, vision of it when you launched? Uh, it was to absolutely be a fee only. Uh- 
RIA from the start. So I had done enough research and I, again, had had guidance all along uh, from Don uh, in terms of the different ways that I could, you know, the services I could provide and how I could charge for them. And then I saw, you know, a whole different, you know, uh, way of, of doing things at, at Goldman. And um, yeah, pretty, pretty clearly I, I, I knew, um, you know, I wanted to be kind of an, an, an AUM fee structure and be fee only, you know, not take commissions on in insurance, get licensed for that. And uh, as well, I also wanted to be able to take on clients that that didn't come to me immediately with a certain uh, amount of portf- you know portfolio size. So in conjunction, I just had a minimum flat fee of a thousand dollars a year. Um, so you know you could either pay me you know one one percent, um, which tier, tiered off at, at, at different levels, or a, a flat fee of a thousand dollars, and and that was you know I was going to do financial planning, I was going to do investment management, I wasn't going to do hourly, I wasn't going to do um, you know one one time project. And um, so, yeah, that's how I how I decided pretty early on that I wanted to uh, to to go that path. And you know, other than maybe raising minimums or changing tiers, you know, modestly from time to time for new clients, uh, we haven't changed that at all. So, so now help us understand this whole planning software thing. So, like, what what is it? What did you build? And what what was wrong with eMoney and Money Guide at the time? Is that that would have been your <laughs> would have been your oh, primary yeah. choices back then? Right, right. Um, so uh, it was it was daunting and it was pretty exciting for me to uh, just open up um, a blank Excel file and and know that that was going you know like an artist with a blank canvas you know from from that I was going to you know birth an entire tool and I knew it was going to be very in depth and 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 have a lot of uh, you know sheets and formulas and and uh code behind the scenes uh and and thankfully uh you know i I had confidence i was going to be able to pull it off and i had confidence that the uh that the that the resulting analysis that it would spit out um you know would would be more than sufficient to um be up to snuff for um for the for the financial planning world so um, i really i I really appreciate that like (laughs) And uh, opening up a blank Excel file <laughs> is your version of like an oh, artist yeah. with the blank uh-huh. canvas. That's a, that's oh, a beautiful yeah. Yeah, image no, I mean, right you, there. I mean, for somebody who, yeah, you know, geeks out and love, you know, is, you know, wears nerd with a badge of honor, uh, you know, uh, you're one who I could uh, <laughs> absolutely yes. say that, that, you know, that, that I'm absolutely a nerd as it comes to uh, Excel. Um, you know, again, yeah, just to, to backtrack a little bit, um, you know, I had had an internship uh, in, in college with NASA, actually near you in, in uh, at the Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really my first foray into using Excel uh, with, um, with Visual Basic and, and, and the macros uh, and a, and a graphical user interface. I'd kind of taught myself from scratch. They gave me the whole summer. They paid for coursework. They paid for uh, this crystal ball bolt-on uh, software to do oh, sensitivity yeah. analyses and Monte Carlo simulation. So, you know, obviously I had nothing to do with finance, um, but it was it was cool. And that, that got me hooked a little bit. And then even, you know, when I was at Lockheed, one of my other roles uh, within that leadership development program, uh, it wasn't a role that I was asked to do. It was just a role that I... Um, kind of offered to do once I saw, you know, how, um, 
uh, you know, all these repetitive tasks that a lot of my colleagues were, were, were doing uh, on the computer, some in Excel, some outside of Excel. And I'm like, you guys are wasting time um, doing all these things. You know, just let me sit with you for a half an hour. You tell me what you click, how you format this, you know, what, how you how you manipulate this data. And I will come up with a logic, you know, behind the scenes to just, you know, click a couple of buttons and do that. So that was fun for me. Uh, you know, it really, you know, lit, lit a fire uh, in, in me, so to speak, with, uh, with, with using Excel and, and being confident with, you know, not, not massive programming. But yeah, I mean, so going back to, you know, what, what was the deficiency with e-money? I mean, obviously, um, you know, we, we say that facetiously because it's true. Um, you know, those tools have dozens and dozens of, you know, engineers and, and subject matter experts that are just constantly Im- improving them. And it would be naive of me to say that, you know, what I've what I've created, you know, r- rivals that in, in, in any stretch because it, it certainly doesn't. But for me, how it does rival and why it has, you know, stood the test of time for me and we still use it at Cyprus is because, you um, we we just know all of the inner workings of all of the the assumptions that go into it. We can customize uh, things, and certainly I I, I can um, you know more than more than any of the rest of us. Um, and and I like that. You know, it gives me the confidence. You know, when I go into a client meeting and they ask, you know, why does this chart look that way? Or you know, I, I can know you know what what the limitations are, what assumptions I, I I made, what growth rates, what you know what what level of detail regarding tax calculations it went into, and what it didn't. You know, did it get into um, you know, different, different state tax exemptions or not. Um, you know, I just, I know all the answers to those things. And as I was starting my own firm again, just feeling like, um, you know, I, I had one shot to really, you know, build, build, something and create a day-to-day life that I, that was going to be, um, rewarding for myself, um, that to, to, um, not just have a financial planning experience for myself that involved having an info gathering meeting, taking down all their information, plugging it into software, um, you know, where I kind of understand what's going on behind the scenes, but I don't truly. And then it, I get a report and then I sit back at a, at a, at a meeting with a client and I, and I present it to them. And I know that's the way that, you know, 99% of financial advisors do it. So, you know, no, no, you know, nothing, nothing against that. It's, it's fantastic advice. And, and, and I would, you know, I would be happy to be a client of, of someone who uses that software, um, but as an advisor who <laughs> has to use software uh, and 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 having the capabilities to to build out something that I did, um, that was really going to be you know what would make Cypress that much more uh, fun and, and beneficial for myself. So so it sounds like uh, a big piece of the the appeal to planning software yourself is is this like knowing exactly where all the numbers come from and what's baked in every number on the projection. Am I, am I hearing that right? Like that seems to be a pretty big driver of this for you. It is. It is. And that that's half the story. So I'm glad that you are kind of peeling that onion a little bit more. So, um, you know, when I was building the software, what I did was I, I, I gathered as many sample reports as I could at the time. So it was, you know, it was eMoney, it was Money Guide Pro, it was Nava Plan, it was Money Tree, and I still have have them saved, uh, you know, on on my uh, computer. The, the the sample reports from those uh, tools back in you know two thousand nine, two thousand eight, and um, what I did was, you know, I took all of the all of the content that I had learned, you know, with all the CFP coursework, 
everything that I learned uh, at Goldman about you know how how to manage money, how to do performance reports, how to how to put together a presentation for a client on the investment side, and then also all the outputs from uh, all these different tools. And I worked backwards. I thought, you know, if I'm going to deliver a financial plan to a client. Uh, how am I going to do it? What are the things that I'm going to want to show them? Obviously, the different topic areas of estate planning and tax minimization and uh, financial forecasting, retirement forecasting, college planning. And you know how, how am I going to want to have that conversation? And what are the slides going to look like um, to, to continue that conversation? Because that's how we did it at Goldman, frankly. Um, you know, the advisors, I would sit down with them you know, to plan for a meeting. They'd say, Jeff, we're meeting with XYZ client. This is the story that I want to tell. These are going to be the reports and, and, and uh, you know, the way that I want to show this data. So Jeff, you, know, you go and, and, and build out a PowerPoint presentation that's going to tell that story. And I thought, you know, that was, that was effective. That's how Goldman was doing it for their clients. And that's how I want to do it for mine as well. So I, I started kind of with the end result in mind of, you know, what's the story I want to tell? You know, is it a lot, a lot of the reports at the time, um, you know, were these 170 page PDFs with tons of text and tons of tables and uh, very, you know, very, you know, very data heavy. And so a client would look and say, oh, you know, yeah, Jeff has done his uh, his homework. There's a lot of data here. Um, but I, I was a little turned off by that. I wanted, so I actually in my in my appendix of my presentation, I do have a lot of, you know, figures and, and data to kind of show that the numbers are there. But in the main, for the main presentation, it's just, you know, what is the point of this slide? You know, what is the message that we're trying to send about the future or about what to do right now in your financial life? And then working backwards, you know, what what is the Excel you know engine that's going to be needed um, to 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 make to make that slide? So so I take it then from a from an output end, this isn't this isn't solely like showing literally Excel spreadsheets and charts. Like this actually serves up into like into separate like external output pages. Exactly. Yep. It's a, it, it's a, it's a series, you know, the, the software is a series of Excel files that all link to, um, a power, uh, you know, a, a templated PowerPoint presentation, uh, effectively. And, um, you know, if it's a client who doesn't have any kids, you know, I'll, I'll remove the section on college planning. And so none of that will link up. Um, but, uh, yeah, that ultimately, you know, the output, what we deliver to our clients, uh, is, is, is a PowerPoint presentation. We'll, we'll speak to it. We'll present on it. We'll provide it to them at the end. And um, and yeah, and that's maybe maybe the third and and maybe smaller benefit of 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 doing it through PowerPoint and doing it on my own is that um, yeah, I mean, oftentimes, and what makes our job interesting is when clients come to us with you know a pretty unique question that that isn't just you know I've got two kids and you know they're these ages and you know let's do a college projection, but um, you know there are some custom analyses that that come up relatively often that we can you know build out build out a new section for in in PowerPoint. PowerPoint and, and do all the analysis for that. And it, and it looks like a very seamless presentation. You know, I've got a lot of Lockheed Martin clients and they have, um, you know, very, um, a very unique pension system with all the legacy companies that, that, that site, you know, built up from. And so, you know, we've got a whole section on how to interpret their, their 40 page pension statement and all the different claiming strategies. So, you know, all these, all these kind of, uh, you know, unique financial planning circumstances that look pretty seamless in our financial plan that we deliver to clients, which is pretty cool. I think it's a, a powerful framing to me, just conceptually to kind of anchor that as much as we're talking about sort of like building your own planning software 
in in Excel that's still functionally like Excel's basically your your calculation engine as it were, but the the planning software output is really uh like it's a it's building in a PowerPoint. Like think of it as a PowerPoint presentation with all the charts getting populated from underlying Excel Excel spreadsheets, Excel formulas that get expressed into the chart. So the the doc the 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 plan template is there, the chart templates are there, the spreadsheets then just populate in the actual specific charts and analysis that you've got the output you need for the client that you want to show and sit across from. So how long did it take to like to to build this, to create this and get it in place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, my life journey from now to then looks an entirely different universe ago. That was, again, 2008, 2009. I was beginning to put this software together, doing a lot of research. Uh, you know, I was I was recently married. We had no kids. And uh, so, you know, I... I, I do do my day job or mm-hmm. uh you know certainly after i after i left goldman uh and i had you know maybe a month or two in between as i was waiting for my new jersey license to go through and i had all the time in the world so you know it, it's it's hard to kind of put an exact figure on that between the research between the coding between all the all the debugging that came later as i'd actually start to you know work with clients and you know want to add a few different things or run in run into some issues but you know to say that it was you know 300 to 400 hours um you know it wasn't like thousands and thousands um you know i i but uh you know just down down in my i remember it vividly down down in my basement you know my lauren my wife would be asleep i'd just be cruising until about one in the morning music blasting and uh you know just geeking out with uh <laughs> with rows and rows of of formulas or rows and rows of code yeah, it was it was you know I, I look back on it it was it was pretty fun so so this was a pretty heavy like you built it and grounded out like all at the beginning when you were starting the firm to say, I've got a certain vision of how I want, I guess, like my financial plans to appear to clients. So I'm going to make that now while I'm getting started, while I guess like, well, I have a lot of time and not a lot of clients yet. Uh, I'm, I'm building this stuff here and now. Right, right. And there were a couple of times that I really had to, you know, clear clear my calendar and focus on improving the tool again you know the biggest of which was in 2012 about 3 years later um i had started to um get a good a good working relationship with with ben pitts he was he was at goldman uh he was starting to refer me uh a few clients that i was winning and uh, he was a South Jersey guy, and um, you know we just had a very similar value system. So, you know, long story short, I was able to court him over from Goldman to join me as a partner. And um, the reason why this links into the software tool is that it just went from being something that only I needed to be able to use, and I could because I knew you know everything, and I was very comfortable with Excel. To now, you know, Ben was, you know, was going to be a financial planner as as, as well. And, uh, you know, he needed to be able to understand, you know, what was going on with the software. So I had to really make it into, uh, you know, having having a better interface for him as somebody who didn't create the software uh, that he could, you know, know how to go through an info gathering session with a client, putting the putting the data, you know, properly in, into the tool in, in an easy way that wasn't, you know, wasn't crazy for him. And, uh, and then, you know, create that that PowerPoint presentation as well. So that that one, you know, took another few hundred hours or so to, um, to take to take the tool and, uh, and build it out, um, you know, so that it could be used by by 
by a team. And, and ultimately, you know, now that we're a team of six, uh, you know, we're all in these files, um, all, all, all the time. Um, you know, the four, the four advisors, um, you know, that came with various levels of, of, you know, technical backgrounds or Excel. I mean, you know, most financial planners in general have, have a, you know, a decent, decent technical chops, but, um, you know, but yeah, they, and they were all able to, to dive right in, you know, the plans made sense and, you know, they like to be able to, you know, from time to time, manipulate a few of the, the cells in, uh, in the software as well to their specific client need. I was going to ask in that, in that vein, like, is it, is it like a giant spreadsheet on lockdown? Is it like every time you have a new client, like you make a copy of the spreadsheet, uh, you know, with, with a new client file name, like a new client name in the file. And then like, that's that client's version of it. And, and, and off it goes, is there like a, you know, an ability within the spreadsheet to like save client profile data and load new clients? Like, I know that's a little bit in the guts, but just I've, I've seen some advisors try this and you just get an even like version control issues of like, yeah, Bob changed one of the formulas and did it a little bit wrong and no one realized it. And now we've been using the software for the past three months with Bob's error in there. <laughs> like that kind of stuff shows up. So how, like, how does this work in practice to, to manage to this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great, a great question. So, um, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, I maintain one master version of all of the files, the, the pure files. And then anytime we get a new client, yep, we just copy and paste, uh, you know, a, a version of that entire set of files. And then you take that in, into an, an info gathering meeting and you start to pre-populate that, that copy. And, uh, yeah, no, nobody touches, uh, you know, the, <laughs> that, that master, um, file. And it's also, yeah, gotten to the point where, um, uh, we, it, there, there are clear, there are clear parts of the file that are for, you know, the, the, in, the input data where, where, you know, an advisor is, is supposed to, you know, key, key in things. And then there are, are a whole other, um, you know, sheets that are doing all the calculations. Um, so, you know, if, if the tax code changes or we roll into a new year and, you know, the different 401k limits change, um, you know, I, I can go in and, 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 and make those changes on, on my end. And um, they kind of propagate through, um, you know, to uh, where the advisors have just put in the information on certain areas. Oh, because like you, 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 I guess sort of in, in programming fashion, like you, you structured the spreadsheet. So like limits aren't hard coded in the spreadsheet. They reference some other supporting sheet. So even if I've got a hundred different versions of the sheet for a hundred clients, I can still change the, like the reference table of numbers once. And then it propagates to all the sheets because they're all referencing that source. Correct. So out of curiosity, are you willing to share like a, a sample version of what are these, like what one of the plan outputs look like? Like just for advisors who haven't seen it, I feel like it would be helpful to visualize like when you when you build something into a, a template through PowerPoint that powers in from from Excel, like just how does that show up in practice if someone uh you know, when you're when you're looking at client output? Is there a is there sure. a sample version you're up for sharing? There is, there is. I'd be happy to do it. So, so for folks who are listening, this is episode 348. Uh, so, just if you go to kitsis.com/slash/348, we'll have a a link out to a sample version of what the uh, the financial planning software looks like that that Jeff has built with his team. So, so Jeff, I guess I'm I'm like there's a couple of things I'm still wondering is like just processing this. So, like, how much does it take to keep 
up with the software. I'm sort of envisioning everything from the annual, you know, tax law change or like the annual numbers that change, right? Like 401k limits and RA limits and such go up. You get every now and then when Congress passes a new law like Secure and Secure 2.0, where like you've got a whole other slew of changes. Is that like is that a real challenge? And whenever Congress passes a new law, you're like, well, there goes there goes the next two weeks of my life. Uh, or like, do we make this out to be a bigger deal than it is? And when you're comfortable designing tools like this, it's just not a big deal. You crank on some formulas because that's what you're good at and it's done. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So um, I, I think the the one that took the most time was the Tax Cuts and, and, and Jobs Act, um, you know, to try to, you know, change around, uh, you know, itemized deductions and salt tax you know that that was that was pretty heavy and i did um i did uh, well, i don't know if it was a week but it was that that was a, a longer one but you know changing the rmdh you know phasing that up to you know 73 um 74 a smaller a smaller piece in this so yeah it's it's really just um you know the, the two that you mentioned so each year as as limits go up those are easy we do those at the beginning of every year and then you know when it when a tax law changes or if we decide to you know make a, a change in the assumed in, in inflation rate or something like that but yeah it's been battle tested to to this point where you know again there are you know occasionally times where you know a client will come to us with a with a one-off analysis but you know for the core you know if you if you have a rental rental property if you have a business if you have kids if you have a pension if you have multiple jobs if you're moving you know to to different homes uh if you you know have different types of insurance policies you know those those have been pretty well well set up so do you i guess like do do you worry about no, staying competitive with other planning software, like trying trying to keep up with it. Like, is that is that a pressure or not? Because you're good with where your planning software is, and your clients are happy with the planning software, and so who who cares what other people are doing? Uh, like, yeah, yeah. How, how do you think about that dynamic of trying to maintain your software relative to what the the rest of the industry software is is doing or evolving? Sure. Um, I do. I do. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, one, one small example, um, after I, you know, kind of really fleshed out my software, I think it wasn't long after that, you know, eMoney and Money Guy Pro both, you know, launched the ability to, um, you know, be sitting with a client and, you know, dynamically change, you know, if, if they're kind of doing, you know, hypotheticals on the fly as you're sitting with them, yeah. or if you made a mistake in your assumption or you heard something wrong, you know, you can just go back and, and, you know, put that right into their web-based tool and then, you know, project that right up to the screen and, and, and dynamically see, yeah. you know, the difference for what if analysis. So, um, you know, my, my software doesn't do that. Um, you know, if I'm in a meeting and, uh, we've mistyped something or or if a client wants to see something differently than we've showed it um you know i'm just largely taking taking notes and then we'll that's part of our follow-up is uh you know usually the the um the powerpoint that we send as a as a follow-up will look you know slightly different uh from um you know what we had showed them in the meeting because they probably would have updated us on a handful of changes in their budget maybe they you know push back the year that they're gonna you know buy a house or, or do a job change um and so you know i'll send that as a follow-up with some explanations that's just one one example where um yeah and, and i'm sure there are dozens and dozens others of where again you know these big these big software shops with you know all the staff and the resources that they have um you know will will be able to you know be 
ahead of what I can do. Um, but uh, yeah, I think just kind of, you know, harken back to um, this is what has made it work. Uh, you know, it was the most kind of interesting path for me and, and how I wanted to deliver advice to clients. And, um, you know, if I start to see real strong pushback in terms of not winning clients, you know, because of a function like that, or if we wanted to hire another advisor and an advisor was like, oh, you know, all I know is is Money Guide Pro or I don't want to touch Excel. You know, you guys are just in this in the stone ages, um, you know, then that'll be a, a wake up call that um, we'd have to uh, we'd have to do something different, perhaps. But, um, you know, the, the other advisors that we've we've brought on, um, they've embraced it. Uh, you know, they like the output. They like, you know, the meetings they have with with clients. It's been a win for them. And if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it. So we're going to keep on keep on cruising on, on this path. So I, I guess I'm just I, I, you make a powerful point that look like we're still winning clients. They're happy with the output. Our advisors are appreciating the conversations that they're having. So, like, what what more do you need? Um, maybe maybe the other guys are making some fancy pants features that people don't actually need or care about. If you're you're winning all the business anyways, that you wanna that you wanna win without those capabilities. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess that will always be kind of the existential question in our field is, you know, at what, you know, what, what detail, you know, do you need to get into how many, you know, bells and whistles does it, you know, need to have to be able to influence change um, and motivate somebody. I can always add, you know, bolt-ons. I mean, we, we still subscribe to eMoney so that we have financial aggregation so that we can see clients, you know, held, held away accounts and, and things. So, you know, oh, we, can, we can always bolt-on other, other software. So at this point, you do pay for eMoney for the mm-hmm. account aggregation side, but then right. you still don't want to use them for the planning software side. Right, right. Like it just comes down to, you know, I, I mean, as simple as it can be, I still prefer my own. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a cost function. It's you know how how I use it, how I can, you know, guide everything that we've talked about up to this point. I I just prefer prefer how I do it. So, what's the rest of the technology stack for you that's bringing those pieces together? Um, so, you know, we. Um, We've we've custodied with with TD Ameritrade, which is becoming Schwab. So on the investment management side, um, you know we lean on iRebail. Uh, we also lean on a performance reporting software called uh, Quanti. Um, that's that's been a, a nice one that ties you know has great feeds in from both TD Ameritrade and and Schwab, and can you know show show uh, you know performance reporting in a, in a really nice, clean, clean, easy to explain way. Um, and uh, yeah, the other big um, software we use is, is CRM. We use Wealthbox um, and which is less, you know, less, less related to, you know, the, the financial planning software and more just related to how to run the, run the practice efficiently. So, so those are probably the big ones. So you, you had said like pulling investment performance reports into the planning software or like planning output as well. So you like, pulling quanti reports and putting them into into the 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 powerpoint uh presentation deck plan deck for for clients correct yep and you know when we're pulling um you know the 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 disclosures and things from the quanti reports as well but yeah it's trying to you know bolt it on as just one seamless presentation so are there like are there gaps that you worry about you know if, if you had uh if you had more resources to build some additional features into the planning tools that you have at this point, like what, what do you wish you could build if you had more resources for it? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, cer- certainly um, a, a cleaner interface. 
uh, and I think you know you're you're aware that that Ben Pitts he kind of split off of of Cypress now just works part time, uh, and he started a fin a fintech company taking taking the software. And one of the most obvious things that he had to do to 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 build upon that was um, to to yeah make it make it more user friendly and not just you know be be native to to Excel. So you know they they raised. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of money and, um, used, you know, paid, paid programmers to take that tool and, um, and, and make it more, more web-based, um, you know, you know, coded with in, in Python and, uh, and really went, you know, heavy, heavy into that. So I think that, um, you know, that, that would probably be something that, um, you know, to, 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 to make it more, more, um, you know, user friendly, and then to just um, you know continue to iterate. I think uh, you know that's what that's what all the big um, you know companies that that's their main and only product. You know, our our main product is to you know to be financial planners. Uh, it's not to it's not we're not a software company. Um, so yeah, to have a team that is just constantly coming up with version two, version you know two point one of um, you know how to how to just keep incrementally you know making making the outputs better, making the experience better, uh, adding adding different features, kind of staying staying you know best of breed so i i do i do worry that um that's not something that i'm able to put put time and attention to uh, so so even though like ben split off a version of the software to do like to take it to other channels uh like do you use that or like you still use your your version in that that's built in excel and not their like web-based python version yeah we still use the excel um one you know mainly because you know that's something that you know i can control we can manipulate as a firm and up to this point you know our small team of you know four financial planners uh is all comfortable enough to to you know use that as the main engine and so what is what is Ben's like fintech software company version of the planning software now? Like, where is that gone? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a great question. So it's gone a few a few different directions. I mean, that was a pretty exciting time in in our lives. Um, you know, Ben Ben joined me at Cypress in 2012. Uh, by the time that uh, you know a, a couple of years later, as he really you know saw you know how powerful the the software was and and you know the different ways that that the clients were um, you know giving us good good feedback on on the entire product uh you know he thought oh you know jeff what what would it be like if we you know tried to you know build build out software that wasn't just for cyprus you know see who how it could be used in other venues and so um you know i have a little less uh adhd than than ben you know i was you know i i won't i i enjoyed you know working with clients and just being a a financial planner at at, at cyprus um you know he had you know more more kind of risk you know risk risk uh tolerance than than i do and uh-huh. and, and really you know was was intrigued by you know just you know doing a, a true fintech startup and so i said look you know this can be separate from cyprus um and i'll give you you know the blessing to to go off and do it but it's it's got to be separate from cyprus so um so yeah so he really you know kind of started this thing from from uh you know scratch he 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 brought on a team you know and a, a, a few different subject matter experts one from california one from texas they did a fundraising round um and uh yeah they 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 really you know put put a lot of resources into a sales team and in, in terms of a, pro- a product team uh and um so their their intention was um to try to um 
you know, the, 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 the niche that they were looking for was em- employees in the workplace. So that was going to be one specific, um, you know, subset of, of users that, um, you know, could, could, you know, we could, we could take, take, you know, my, my underlying logic and, and build it into a tool that, uh, you know, people who are, you know, at a medium or large size employer could, uh, you, know, you use it on their own, and um, and and Ben would try to sell that to um, to these businesses. And so, um, you know, the, the need was definitely there. And you know, financial wellness—it's it, you know—it's still a very you know important topic within you know as as an employee benefit. Um, and then ultimately, as this company, my financial answers, grew and pivoted and had successes and and, and failures. Um, they, uh, they, they, they tried to market it toward, um, retirement plan advisors who already kind of had an in and relationships with, um, a lot of these, um, you know, companies and they wanted to, you know, have ways to differentiate or, or deepen that, that relationship. So this would be kind of an add on service that they could offer to 401k plan participants. And so, um, yeah, so that was, that was getting some traction. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, starting a, 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 a software company and, um, you know, they had some growing pains and, and um, you know, eventually got to the point where they, um, they, they, you know, Ben and, and the team sold sold the business to Tiffin, uh, which is a which is a larger fintech um, you know conglomerate out in Colorado. And Ben moved his whole family out to Colorado, and um, you know, and now that's how kind of the software lives on um, within Tiffin um, as they're trying to build out some you know some different financial planning tools there. So, out of curiosity, like when you go through that sort of transition where the You've built the software, and now it's going to split off uh, to 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 go this other direction with with what with what Ben was doing. Uh, like, just how do you handle that as the the owner dude who built the software in the first place? Like, you know, were they going to pay you a licensing fee for the software? Do you get like equity in the new entity? Uh, did you just like give it to them with the blessing to say, go do your thing. Like I'm happy where I am with my practice. Good luck with that. Like mm-hmm. just how, how do you, how do you do that and get it going and make sure it, it just feels good and fair to everyone? Yeah. I mean, that, that was, that was all you know, early days and, you know, just a huge learning curve for us, especially when Ben created that, my financial answers uh, company in 2014. Um, you know, it's not like we were serial entrepreneurs that had founded yeah. companies and knew the ins and outs of, you know, legal contracts and, you know, profits, profits, interests and things like that. So, um, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, effectively, you know, I, I, I took an equity stake, in, you know, I, I, I contributed the intellectual property. I agreed to stay on as a subject matter expert and, you know, help, um, you know, in a, in a very small, part-time capacity in, in, in the beginning. Uh, I wanted to make sure that Cypress had, um, you know, very large liberties to keep using our software, you know, any, any way. And, and, uh, right. You but, don't, yeah, really don't want to mess financial. with the core right, business right. you already had. Like, Absolutely. I mean, you gotta let me keep doing my thing. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so the, the, the financial component was an equity stake, uh, that I had in, uh, in, in, in those businesses and ultimately, you know, a little bit in the Tiffin, you know, uh, you know, sub sub entity as well. So, um, yeah, who knows? I'm not, 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 uh, sailing off and buying my own Island yet, but, uh, but it's been, you know, just, just, you know, if anything, just, re- you know, a, a cool experience, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful to, to, to Ben that, you know, he, he even, you know, saw yeah. so much potential in, in me and, and what I build and, you know, to, to really, you know, Move, impact his own life in such a meaningful way to, um, you know, to, to start up as an entrepreneur, to move his family out to Colorado. I feel like, you know, a lot of that had to do with, you know, the faith that he had in me and that, and that product. So, you know, it was a pretty cool, cool experience. And so happy to yeah. you know, be a part of that. 
So, so what comes next for you? You've, you've got a couple of advisors on board. You built the business to $275 million under management after 14 years. So what, what comes next for you, for you in the business? Yeah. Now my, my day to day is less about the, the weeds of, of, you know, the software. It's just you, you right. know, using the software and, and, and running the practice and, you know, being more of a, of a CEO. You know, I've got this firm that you know is 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 a maturing firm, but still, you know, smaller, smaller, medium size, and um, you know, it's 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 had its growing pains, and so now, you know, the big the big hats that I wear um, is that you know I'm I'm a financial planner to right around 200 clients um, personally, and I've got you know a, a, a para planner that that supports me with that, and um and but then I'm also um, you know, kind of the the CEO of this of this firm. So I've got to kind of balance the, you know, the 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 three legged stool of you know bringing clients in the door, you know, having the capacity for them, you know, advisor wise, having all the the infrastructure in in, in place administratively to to keep that ship going. Um, and so that's yeah, that's kind of where where it is right now. You know, that that's what where I spend my time and energy on those those you know two two roles, and you know, just trying to continue to grow the firm and you know keep clients happy, keep you know keep the employees happy. And and so is there a like a transition exit timeline for you on the on the business overall? I mean, you've got a can have a very long time horizon on this, uh, but also have built a business to the good place. So, like, how do how does this flow from the business overall in the years to come? Yeah, yeah. So you know, again, I was I was pretty young when I started this business. I was I was twenty five. Uh, you know, now I'm I'm thirty nine. And, uh, you know, so I've been doing it for almost, you know, the, the, that, that 14 year time, time frame. And, um, yeah, anyway, I, and I, I wouldn't, I would, wouldn't change a thing. I, I've, I've enjoyed it so, so much. Um, and, uh, you know, as I kind of see other, other advisors journeys and, 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 you know, how it how it changes over time, how it stays the same. Um, you know, are you somebody who needs to do something you know new every couple of years, or are you somebody who wants to you know keep keep doing uh, this the same role you know for decades and decades? Uh, you know, I, I I I find myself in 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 the middle there, where um, you know it, it was it was super exciting to launch something from scratch. You know, like I mentioned, launching you know that Excel file from scratch. I mean, the same thing was with Cypress. You know, I launched it with zero clients. Uh, it was you know the the firm itself was a blank canvas and so it was super exciting um you know those those early stages you know ramping up um you know and and not worrying about efficiency or processes because i had all the capacity you know in in the world i was just taking on whoever i could and now you know in this kind of middle middle zone where you know we're hitting operational constraints and and still trying to to grow um and uh and so yeah all all along the way you know be, be, being a financial planner to to clients, you know, doing doing that core work is is still very life giving um, to me, and and very um, you know yeah, very, just something that I, I still get a lot of personal satisfaction out of. Um, you know, down the line, uh, in terms of you know what what the path is going forward, um, you know, I, I have a couple of things that um, that that I've I've been very self reflective on that that motivate me. Personally, um, in terms of my my future future life path, um, you know, and and so I'll, I can get into those in a little bit. But um, what they've led me to is, uh, you know, to begin actually um, 
offering uh, some some equity to uh, to my other uh, team members. I mean, I certainly you know dove right into that back when Ben came on in in, in 2012. I mean, there you know there wasn't much you know value there, I guess, compared to you know where it might be now or where larger firms are at. But um, you know, when Ben came came on, he was leaving Goldman. We were both very young. The business was very young. So you know, I had already kind of gotten used to the fact of you know he was going to be a true partner and you know er, and and have you know his his equity increase over time which you know had happened and then um you know evan evan powers down in uh virginia was our was our second uh advisor he started off as an employee and then um you know after about about three years in in the firm uh we offered him uh equity as well and then uh just this year um it, it was a big uh a, a big transition that we went through, um, where I actually made the decision to offer uh, equity to um, the two other certified financial planners, uh, Kurt and David. And so, you know, there's a there's a, a reason for all of that, and there's a, a path forward for myself personally and for the firm. But um, yeah, that this this has been you know a major year um, in terms of, uh, of of making those 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 changes. Well, so help us understand a little bit more then, like what it what is that path? Where is this going for you from here? Um, so the path, uh, is, you know, at the, at the moment, you know, I still do, um, own a majority of the firm and, uh, what I, you know, and, and who knows, you know, what, what the future may hold, but plan A would be for, um, you know, Cypress to have an, an, an internal, uh, transition. Um, you know, I would, I would love, love, love you know, for, uh, me to be, uh, you know, decades and decades from now, still able to see, you know, an, another generation of Cyprus, you know, still kind of operating it, you know, whether it's my software or something else, I could let that go. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, you know, to have Cyprus still exist, you know, with me, not, you know, the, the, the core driver of it, you know, would, would be something that I would, I would take a lot of, uh, satisfaction of down the line. So, um, so I'm starting to set those, 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 um, stages, you know, set, set that now. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, kind of having that, that, that G2, um, in, in, in the line just to, you know, to keep us all row, rowing down the same, uh, you know, in, in the same direction. Um, you know, I would be, you know, self selfishly, I would be devastated if, you know, the other team members, you know, were to, were to kind of, you know, up and up and, and leave, uh, you know, so I, I want to, you know, not, not just kind of handcuff them with a, with a non-compete agreement that restricts them, you know, I, I would, I'd love to, you know, re- re- reward, um, with, uh, you know, with, with an ownership stake that makes them, you know, really have, you know, the, the buy-in that they, you know, are, are, are valued that, that, you know, their decisions aren't just for their own, you know, book of business and their own, you know, self-interest. It's really for, you know, the, the, the firm because they're, you know, they are going to have, you know, a larger stake continuing over time. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that has been, um, the path. Um, so we, you know, we started that now and then, you know, over the, we, we engaged with a company called FP transitions, which I know, you know, a lot of other advisors are familiar with that firm. Um, they, they went through a big consulting, uh, arrangement with us to help try to model out how, you know, if, if thing, if things go well and, you know, the rest of the team are still, you know, happy and, and want to stay and we're all growing as we have in the past, um, then, you know, I will continue to sell off, um, you know, shares of shares of the firm, um, you know, to, to them, um, you know, with the intention that, you know, within, you know, uh, you know, next, uh, you know, 
10, 10, 15 years or so, I'm not going to be, um, you know, the, the one, uh, you know, ca- calling, calling the shots. Um, you know, I will, uh, uh, you know, there, there will be, uh, you know, an, another, another team really, really leading, leading the ship and, and doing that, you know, gradually over, over, over time. So, so you, you'd mentioned kind of selling shares off of the firm as well as sort of like equity as a reward for the team members that are growing with you. So in, in this environment, like as Ben and then Evan and then Curtin and then David have, have come on board, all of these additional advisors, like do they, do they buy equity? Is it given to them as part of their compensation or like sweat equity earned? We characterize that various ways. Uh, like how do how do you think about equity and and how does it work as they as they glean access to it? Yep, yep. So um, yeah, we we. FP transitions again helped us a lot think think through these things, but yeah, the long story short is they're 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 buying in, um, but in in this tranche, and then probably you know again if things go well, the next you know two two tranches or so will be largely seller financed, um, which is me. Um, so you know they might put a you know a, a modest you know down payment that they have to you know feel a little bit out of their own uh, you know wealth, and um, and then. Over time, uh, you know, they they pay back a, a seller finance note, which um, you know, if you really kind of you know peel back the onion on how that looks, as I'm as I'm sure you have with other advisors, um, you know, that's getting paid with profit distributions that you know effectively weren't weren't were never theirs, you know, before. So um, you know, it's it, it it's not quite as you know much of a of a of a pain point, you know, to to be you know using those profit distributions to pay myself back. Um, so yeah, so that that has been you know it's so it's 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 a sale um, without a doubt. You know, we value the firm. They buy the shares, um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, down down the line. Um, again, ho- hopefully, we get to this point. Um, if there is going to be, you know, a major event um, where you know I, I, you know, kind of hand over the the, the reins, um, and and it all happens internally, that would be, you know, likely, you know, the the way that it's been modeled out and the way that makes sense to me, and would you know, would would be like a bank financing um, for for that one, where then, um, you know, then then the the company would have to pay back a, a loan. Um, but um, so yes, yeah, so that's been the that's been the the path. And again, I, you know, I don't know exactly how the future will play out, but um, you know, that's that's how uh, you know I've I've teed it up with with the other with the other guys and um you know and ultimately it leaves room too as we keep growing if we have other advisors that that come on and you know they're 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 a good fit we like them they like us they're growing well um it leaves room um you know for for additional partners down the line as well so so you said like future tranches may be largely seller finance and they put down the modest down payment so they've got they've got some skin in uh just that makes sound like it was it was different in the past. Like, did you, did you have different arrangements in the past than what you're like doing going forward as you engage FP transitions around this? Uh, or is that frankly just with Ben? Yeah. Yep. No, just just with Ben. Yeah. When Ben came on, you know, we we weren't having consultants or you know, we we both used I mean, well, uh, business lawyers. Was two, or, two or three years yeah. old. Ben, like, just there's. We can right. only put together so much of this in the in the early days of the business. Right, right. So, so yeah. So to answer your question, you know, quickly, yeah, Ben, Ben did not um, buy anything from me, um, but Evan, uh, when he came on in 2016, he he did. You know, we used FP transitions back then to ju- you know not not in a in a huge consultative agreement that we just had, but um, you know at least to value the firm, and um, and uh, and then he did he did buy some uh, as well. So. Yep. Yeah. With but with similar, where you know, it got it got paid back over over time, more of a, a seller finance thing. So, 
So I have to ask, because this this comes up for some advisors as they start going through these internal transitions. The part of the model around this, particularly in the seller financing context, is is basically like if if we sell you sort of moderate sized tranches, you can afford a little bit of a down payment. If you can afford the down payment, you know the the profits largely finance the the note over time, as long as you finance over a reasonable number of years. And then by as the business grows you get more profit distributions, which now gives you more free cash flow to buy another tranche in a couple of years and another tranche in a couple of years. Like It's a path to build folks up to be able to afford more substantive stakes, uh, even if they're kind of younger folks early in their career and like can't, can't write a big check. I know the, the, at least the pain point sometimes from the founder end, though, is like I'm selling them shares that they're paying for with profits that I would have had anyways if I just kept the shares and got the profits. So like why am I like why am I selling stakes of the business to you for you to pay me back the profits that I was getting anyways if I wasn't selling it to you? Like it feels like we're going circular except I don't have the shares at the end. Does that like do that does that crop up for you? Is that a struggle for you or do you do you think about these equity transitions differently? Um, no, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, from from where I sit, um, it 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 is a it is a financial sacrifice. Um, you know, and uh, candidly, when the whole deal was done, I had to go back to uh, my family and say, "Oh, Thursday night, guys, we 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 can't eat dinner anymore. Uh, no 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 dinners on Thursday nights because uh, because of the financial hit that I took uh, from this." But uh, the, the kids are the kids are taking that in stride. Right. I let them eat well, a little good. extra cereal on Friday morning, so they 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 rebound. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it is, um, it, it is, uh, again, it's not a gift. Um, but you know, if you had a crystal ball and you knew that the firm was going to grow, you know, there weren't these like certain motivational changes that happen within, you know, your, your G2 because they're owners, if everything was going to grow the same, the, that, that, that founder would be better off financially by, you know, effectively maintaining, you know, that ownership stake, uh, for, for as, as long as they can possibly hang on. I mean, and, and that's, you know, I, I say it facetiously to, you know, the rest of the team, but, you know, if any point, you know, they, they ever want to, you know, sell me back the shares, you know, I stand, you know, ready and willing to, to, to cut the check. Um, you know, it's a better investment than any, you know, stock in the S and P that, that I would, I, I, by as an alternative, um, so so yeah, you're 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 hitting the, the, the nail on, on on the head there. Um, you know, I I, I think um, you know again as I mentioned, you know, I I, I there's there's a selfish element where you know I I I want I want the t- I like my team and I want them to stay, um, but there is a there is a sacrificial element that you know I, I want I, I want these guys to, to do well. I mean, I think you know I wouldn't consider myself a a great leader, but I do I do take. Um, you know, ownership that, you know, these guys are going to support their families and, you know, uh, and, and, and that, and that I want them to, um, you know, be, be successful and, and, and incorporate, you know, their, their ideas and their vision for the firm, just, you know, more, more than beyond, you know, just their, their, their specific niche. Um, so that, that's kind of how I, how I think about it and what has, you know, gotten me, you know, more, more comfortable being this open with, with equity at this age, because that was one of the quick, um, the, the most immediate, you know, responses, you know, in our, in our initial call with FP transitions, you know, you're too young to be doing this. Um, you know, and uh, well, you know, I was wondering as well. Like you said, you're, yeah. you're 14 years uh-huh. in. You started when you're 25. You're 39 now. You even mentioned kind of a like 10 to 15 years from now, there could be a more substantive shift of of leadership or ownership. If if 
you know, they're growing well and things are coming up well. So that, that puts you 49 to 54 years old, <laughs> give or take right, a little right. on, on the 10 mm-hmm. to 15 years. So, you know, in, in a profession where a lot of people do this well into their sixties or even their seventies, uh, like what leads you to cue this up now at 39 and be talking about, I'll put like, say like just in air quotes, just 10 to 15 year time horizons that put you out to early fifties. Sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one, one of the, one of the big driving factors, uh, is, you know, and I, and I've noticed this, um, you know, with, with, some, some clients and I can see myself, you know, kind of going down this path if I didn't, you know, give myself more accountability or really just be laser focused on, you know, kind of going against maybe natural instincts is that, um, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure other clients can, or other advisors can resonate with this, that, you know, there are a lot of clients out there who are good savers. Um, you know, they live below their means. They, they live, you know, modest lifestyles and they raise successful children and they have this wealth and then, you know, they're retired and what's going to end up happening is they're not going to spend all that money. You know, let's say, you know, their husband and wife, maybe the second passes away, you know, in their around age 90, they leave everything to their kids there. And how old are their kids at that point? You know, they're six, you know, they're about retirement age them, themselves. And, you know, did they, did they, did they need that money? Had they already made, you know, all of their financial planning decisions, you know, during their working careers, you know, not not expecting that you know not knowing that that was an what was was a certainty so now that they're getting this money it's it's not as useful to them so you know just 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 seeing that 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 trend and you know and asking myself you know what 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 do i want you know my my you know second half of my life to to look like and because i do you know i i am a good saver i am living below my means i do have a modest lifestyle i don't keep wanting to buy houses, um, you know, or, or keep, you know, having lifestyle creep. Um, and by the same token, you know, I, I, for, for as much as I'm a numbers person, I am not trying to build Cypress just to, you know, see, you know, see number, you know, get from 275 million to 500 million to 1 billion, just for the sake of, you know, that's where I've gotten it. You know, if you, if you said, you know, would I, would I rather, you know, stay, you know, stay on at Cypress until I'm 70 and make it to, you know, a billion dollars or whatever, you know, metric you can, you can think of size firm or, you know, would I, would I rather, you know, be more intentional about, you know, how many hours I have on, on, on in, in this world and what type of impact can I have? And, you know, is, is there, is there something else, you know, that's, that's, that's really, you know, what, what has led me to want to be more intentional about, um, you know, starting this equity transition as, as I have, because, um, yeah, I've, I've crunched my own numbers. Um, you know, by the time, you know, I'm, I'm in those age ranges that you're mentioning, you know, my, my house will be paid off. Um, you know, I own this office building that, that I work out of that, that, that office building will be paid off. You know, my kids will be, you know, right around the end of, end of college and any financial projection that I've done for myself in whatever software tool you could, you could think of is, 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 you know, is, is, is on, is on thankfully a good path. You know, I'm very, I'm very blessed, you know, to that, that that's been the case. And so, you know, I don't have, you know, any, um, great feeling about leaving my kids a huge inheritance at the end of my life that, that gives me, you know, very, very little desire. And I feel like a lot of, you know, my, you know, I have a lot of clients that resonate with that concept as well. And so, um, you know, so if, if it's not just, you know, growing, growing account balances, growing business values, you know, to, as a be all end all, um, you know, that's pointed me toward having another chapter, um, you know, having another chapter in my career, I feel, you know, that, 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 
very called to do something beyond Cyprus. Um, that's that's not retirement, um, and so you know that that has yet to be you know fully fleshed out. But where I feel like I'm being called is um, more in the um, you know the the pro bono uh, financial planning world. I mean, it's a world that I'm very comfortable in. I know how much of an impact it can have, and you know, and candidly, you know, I've I've tried to you know cater to you know as as low as I can um, on, on you know operating a for profit business um yeah. in terms of you know asset size or, or income size and and there is you know a limit if if, if i want to deliver a financial plan it takes hours it takes effort and um and and if you're you're going to charge a market rate for that it, it prices out a, a lot of people and so you know to to be able to release those reins and say you know yes i'll take on you know that that teacher who has you know five thousand bucks um in a in a bank account um you, you know uh and 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 not have to charge them, you know, a, a, a minimum, a minimum fee. Um, so again, you know, I, I've yet to, to, to fully flesh that out, but I feel very, very strongly that, you know, I'm, I'm going to have more, more energy, more passion, uh, you know, to, uh, to, to, to give, to give back. This will be one where, you know, my, I, I won't have to be anywhere near as driven for supporting a family or having my own finances, you know, uh, benefited from, from that next chapter as, as, you know, as it is in the, in the current situation. It strikes me from what you're describing that just, you seem to have a pretty good clarity on I yeah, like I need I need to grow it to this point and get the economic value to this place that lets me live the lifestyle I want, pay down the house that I want to live in, make sure the kids have the proverbial enough but not too much. Uh and beyond that, like if I'm there, like why do I keep need needing to do the financial planning business wealth building thing? Like I'm there. May as well find something else to do with my time. Like help the people you can't help while you're in the business building phase. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing against you know somebody who, who just loves this job, you know, wants to get up and, and and do it, you know, until they die, you know, money they're they're not doing it for the money, you know, personally, they just you know in, enjoy this role, you know, God, God God bless them, and you know they they you know there's plenty of advisors that will go down that path, um, you know, I. You know, I, I have I have a different a different perspective, or you know, just you know, my, in in terms of how I want to spend my time, I, I I don't necessarily want it to just be Cyprus and then and then retirement. Um, you know, I, I want I want there to be something in in the middle, and it's going to be one where you know money is is not going to be an object, and you know that looks differently for different clients. I have some who you know just you know do consulting or you know do part time work, so you know it. I think it is becoming more common, not just to you know work in the rat race, rat race, and then and then uh, you know and then sail off into the sunset. So um, so yeah, so that 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 is you know what what is meaningful. Um, to, to, to me. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, and, and again, it's, it's not just yeah, grow, growing wealth, you know, for, for that, for that sake. So what surprised you the most about this path of building your own advisory business for the past 14 years? Sure. Sure. So, um, one of the, one of the biggest surprises I think is where, you know, going back to, uh, you know, the beginning years, really where the clients actually came from. You know, if you would have asked me day, just the day that I was starting, you know, where do you think you're going to get clients? Well, I'd say, oh, you know, well, I've got, you know, this, this really close friend or, or this family member and, and they know me, they know I'm smart. They trust me. They'll, they'll, you know, 
um, keep keep talking about me to you know everybody. I'll get a lot of you know referrals from from them. Um, yeah. And friends and family. Now I'll looking get it, back, I'll get it from my friends and family. Correct. Right. Right. And, and looking back, you know, I certainly have had, um, you know, people who have been in my court and, um, and, uh, and, and, and referred me, you know, a lot of clients, but what was surprising was it was more of like their own personality trait, as opposed to, you know, their, their closeness to me. I think, you know, they, there, there are a few people and I can notice this trait and, and, and Ben is one of them. Um, I've got, and, and I've got, you know, a friend who I, who I grew up with, who is one of them. And also a, a colleague from Lockheed Martin, who are the three who I can very easily say are, are these where they just have this, you know, connector mentality and a mentality of, you know, I, I, I want to help people even, even if there's nothing in it for me. And, uh, and, and you put those two traits together and, and those have been the people that have really ended up, you know, being, you know, huge referral sources. Um, you know, people who feel like they're doing their, you know, their friends and and colleagues and family a favor because they're connecting them with me and they're doing me a favor because they're helping me grow my business and they get a lot of satisfaction from that. And so that, you know, and again, I don't know how you, if if I'm trying to, you know, give a lesson to, you know, a listener, I don't know how you identify those people, but boy, am I thankful that they exist, that they've been in my life and that, um, you know, that, 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 that they had helped, you know, make the business into, into what it is. Interesting. So, so recognizing like growing through referrals doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I've got, I've got a hundred clients who send me a referral. It may more realistically mean I've got three clients who are super connectors and they've sent me like 30 people a piece. Yep. And, and, that, yeah, so that that's absolutely true. I mean, if I drew a spider web of where you know all, every client that that's here today has come from, there are definitely these big these big connectors. But you know, but to your point as well, you know, it, it, you can't solely rely on you know three or four mm-hmm. people. I mean, referrals are, are going to be a growth engine of a of a of a, of a firm, you know, largely. Right. But um, yeah, but but yeah, it's and and again, you know, I'll I'll, I'll you know drop. Don, Don Webb again. I mean, in those early years when I was, you know, trying to trying to grow and, and trying to see what would look ahead, you know, he he every every time we spoke, he would he'd look me in the eye and he'd he'd end the conversation with Jeff. This is gonna work. You're you're gonna do it. You're gonna last. You're gonna you know people are gonna work with you and it and it's gonna grow. And um and and he was right. I mean, so you know, was it was it a surprise that he was right? Uh, you know, I guess I guess not. But um, but yeah, the the referrals do come and and by lasting and and doing good work, uh, yeah, they it, it it builds. It's it's been pretty cool to see. So, what was the low point for you on this journey? That first year, um, without without a doubt. I mean, again, you know, I told you, you you know my personality by now, and I feel like your story was similar, where you didn't want to have to go out and get clients. Um, I was, you know, for better or for worse, I was willing to go through it, probably because I had Don giving me so much confidence that that was just going to be temporary, and that I'd have to prospect and solicit and go to networking events, and 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 then there would become a time where I could turn that off and have that flywheel of referrals or have enough clients. And he was absolutely right. But, but, you know, just going through that first year of putting myself out there, um, you know, again, I was 25, I had all my hair back then too. So that, you know, looked great and, and, you know, helped me in my, you know, uh, personal uh-huh. life, I guess. But, um, you know, uh, it did not help in the professional area. I got a lot of pushback on, on my age. Um, you know, I was, I was you know, trying to give, you know, as much as I could to, to get people in the door. I was doing financial plans for people who were kind of a fit, but then, you know, uh, would, you know, would, um, you know, 
ghost me, you know, which it wasn't even a term back mm. then. So, and, and I, and I, then there was an, a lot of an element of loneliness, uh, too, during that first year, yeah, a couple of years before Ben came on where it's, you know, imposter syndrome, all, all, all those things. Um, you know, just a, a lot of elements of, you know, am I, am I, is it gonna, is it gonna work out? Am I gonna grow? Um, is that, is the software, am I just faking it with the software? Um, and, and just all of the, you know, prospecting prospecting and networking that that went into that first year was you know it wasn't fun so like where where did it ultimately gain traction like what what carried it through and worked that you survived the first year and you're still here today yeah the um one one of the big ones again and every, and everybody's career path is different but you know the 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 two roles that i had before starting Cyprus ended up just being absolutely crucial for me and you know in terms of uh, being able to, to to gain clients so you know with Lockheed uh, I didn't burn any bridges there so I knew a ton of people they were the largest employer in Burlington County so there was a ton of potential clients I went back there and did seminars um, all the time you know that was a natural fit for me um, and uh, you know so so, so you were I, like deep I, I, into Lockheed. Lockheed engineers. I'm an engineer. I'm here to do planning for engineers. You can talk oh, yeah. to talk. It, it was it was a great niche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a great niche. Yeah. They you know they 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 saw that you know a little bit of themselves in, in in me and you know I was a comfortable you know speaker on on you know various financial yeah. topics that I do for free with pizzas and stuff and um and and yeah so that that created a nice you know groundswell of you know warm warm meetings afterwards and then you know a decent conversion rate for for clients so so that that certainly helped me get through year one and then yeah, as I you know I already have mentioned Ben you know multiple times as somebody who you know I knew from my second job at Goldman who you know was just encountering many people. Uh, in his life, uh, that you know, didn't have the you know, ten to twenty dollar, you know, twenty million dollar uh, minimums yeah. to become a Goldman client, uh, and you know, if they had nine million nine hundred thousand, you know, they could be a Cypress client. Right. Um, so Goldman wasn't really a prospective, you know, client uh, zone, but it was uh, uh, where again, I didn't burn you any could. bridges there, and I was just the only out of all the different ways that analysts left, I was the only one by far that went to be a financial planner for the mass affluent. So uh, anybody within that firm, you know, within mm-hmm. Goldman's, you know, Philly office, if they knew me a little bit and they came across people who were, you know, below their minimums, I was a quick call. So, so those were two big blessings that I had um, after those, yeah, from from year one and onward. So it sounds like you got all this great wisdom from Don Webb as you were looking at coming into the business. Is there anything else that like, you know, now you wish you could go back and tell you 15, 16 years ago as as you were looking at coming out of the Lockheed program and coming in this direction of the industry? Like, what what do you know mm-hmm. now you wish you you knew then? Yep. Yep. So I would tell myself, you know, forget those networking events I was doing, you know, forget, you know, even the, even the seminars and the, and the mass mailers, forget the software tool. What, what you need to do, Jeff, go to Best Buy, buy some computer processors, mine some Bitcoin. <laughs> that's what I needed to know back in, uh, in 2009. That's all, that's all I needed to know. That would have been the advice, but, uh, <laughs> that would have worked out well. Um, that would have worked out well. It would have worked out well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we, I mean, we wouldn't be talking right now, but you know, yeah, other than that, true. it would have worked out well. Um, uh, but no, so, you know, again, humor aside, um, you know, the, the advice I would, I would give to myself 
back then or you know to anybody entering the industry uh you know is 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 to be be authentic um you know our our field is one where you can incorporate lots of elements of your personal interests uh into our industry i mean it is it is a fantastic industry in that regard and i see it you know with other advisors on xypn or others that i come across you know if you're into running if you're into craft brewery uh if you have other interests i mean niches are fantastic um you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, you know, the way that I was authentic to myself was, you know, again, to build that software and that, and that's certainly not, not for everybody, but, um, but yeah, you know, it's, you know, you can, you can put a piece of yourself in, into the way you're, you're, you know, advising clients and, and, and doing this thing. And, and it just makes, it, it makes it feel like less of a job you, you enjoy, um, you know, you, you enjoy the work a, a, a lot more than when, when you're kind of doing, you know, incorporating a bit of yourself into it. So any other advice you would give younger, newer advisors coming, coming into the, the industry today, you know, when the, when you're the Don Webb and the 22 year olds calling you for advice and a cup of coffee, like what's your, what's your advice to them at this point? Yeah. Yeah. My, my advice to them, um, is, you know, if you enjoy this field, you know, it's, it, it's going to work out. Um, you know, you, you just have to, to, to last. I mean, you know, you, uh, and, and there are just so many different ways to, um, to, to find a, a, a role within, within a firm. I mean, if, if you're comfortable, you know, doing, doing the prospecting and, and, and bringing on clients of your own, then, then, then that's great. And, you know, you can have a different compensation, you know, level because, you know, you have that interest or that capability. But if, if you don't, you know, if you, if you really, you know, are of the personality where, you know, you just want to deliver financial plans, you know, as, as, as you did in your kind of, you know, second role after yeah. the insurance industry, you know, there are plenty of, 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 you know, roles and, and, and firms where, you know, you can, you can just do that. So, uh, you know, I think it's, you know, especially early on, you know, when you're trying to, um, you know, un- understand your own, your own self and, and, and what, what you want to do in this field, um, yeah, you know, there, there, there are just a lot of different, you know, channels and the way that, that advice gets, gets delivered that, you know, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel like you're not in, in a good, a good fit. So Jeff, as we come to the end, is this is a podcast about success. And, and one of the themes that always comes up is just the, the word success means different things to different people. And so as, as someone who's been on this wonderful path of building what anyone would objectively call very successful business, how do you define success? For yourself at this point yeah well i'm going to answer that question from the mindset of a financial planner and and the success in that in that role so uh and i'll tell you a story so a few months ago i had you know one, one of my pretty pretty good clients you know who i have a good good relationship with uh you know on a personal level professional level uh he he emailed me out of the blue and said hey jeff you know do you have a few minutes i want to come in and so i said I said sure, uh, and you know he 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 left it at that. He didn't say if this was good, bad, and different. You know, just talk about sports. Um, so he he came in, and he said, Jeff, um, you know, I wanted to I wanted to come in. Thanks for seeing me. I wanted to let you know that uh, over the past year, I've had some really serious health scares that you know had the chance of really you know going in in you know the the ultimate way and thankfully they they did not um but now my doctors told me that you know i all likelihood i can live for another few decades but at any chance you know i might just fall over and that that might be the end so you know you've you've done well 
you know, by, by me, we, we respect you. Your advice has been, you know, so, so valuable. And I just wanted to, you know, look, look, look in the eye here and, and, and hear you say it, that, you know, if, if, you know, the worst is, you know, does, does come my way, you know, my, um, my wife, uh, you know, I won't say her name, but, you know, you know, my wife, my kids, you know, you're, you're really going to look at, look after her and continue to work with her, um, you know, and just, and just take care of her and, and to see it, you know, you could see that, you know, this was his, you know, what, what he, you know, as, as a husband, as, as a father, as the provider, uh, you know, he wanted to provide, you know, if, if he wasn't physically here and to include me in that, you know, was, a um, you know, one of the, probably the most major, you know, elements of, you know, what he could do beyond, you know, beyond yeah. himself. And, uh, so that, that was pretty powerful for me. I mean, you know, if, if I ever get to a stage where, you know, I'm, I'm only handling a few, a few clients and, you know, he, they, he just catapulted his, his wife to, to number two, you know, uh-huh. after my parents, uh, you know, it's my parents and then, and then it's her, uh, in terms uh-huh. of, you know, who, who I'm committing to absolutely stick with, uh, you know, so I, I appreciated that it was, you know, it, 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 it made me obviously feel, feel good. And, um, yeah, just a, a blessing in our, in our industry to be able to, uh, you know, work, work with people I- I- at that level and, and influence their lives in such a meaningful way. So, you know, I wish I had that relationship with all of my clients. It's something that I, I strive for. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, being realistic. It's, it's not, it's not something that, you know, all, all clients would think of me on that level, un- unfortunately, but I won't, I won't stop trying. And I'm thankful that I thankful that I have a client like him and, and a few others. Well, that's phenomenal, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Financial Advisor Success Podcast. Well, it's been a pleasure, Michael. Thank you so much. And, you know, in your iceberg uh, is so true. Our, our RIAs, we're, we're such small firms and we're always wondering, you know, what is everybody else doing? What are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? And I know candidly, I absolutely felt that and I still feel it. And one thing that has helped to, uh, you know, lift that hindrance is, is this podcast is all of the content that you're putting out. Uh, I've, I've gotten so much from it and I am thankful for the opportunity to be able to share, share my story. And, and I'm hopeful that others are going to take something productive from it as well. So th- thank you so much, Michael. Oh, I'm confident they will. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Want even more ideas, tools, and resources on how to break through to the next level of success as a financial advisor? Check out the leading financial planning industry blog, Nerd's Eye View, at www.kitsis.com, where Michael covers the latest practice management trends and financial planning strategies. And by joining the members section, you can earn IMCA and CFP continuing education credits, along with exclusive member content. Get it all now at www.kitsis.com.